when I think about the emerging leader in the corporation or the executive in the corporation, you know, this is an opportunity for you to really look at your workplace, look at where your employees are and look for those opportunities to help them excel. Now, I say this, but I also believe there's the other side, the employee to take responsibility and accountability to seek out opportunities of growth. Quiet quitting happens because I believe people are dissatisfied. They're not engaged. And if you're not engaged, that means you're not loving what you do. It's time for you to really think about it. Okay, am I in this department doing what I don't love just to get a paycheck? Mm. And I'll tell you, for me, as a serial entrepreneur walking out of corporate America in 1999, my answer is no. Bye-bye. I'm out of here. Hello, and thank you for joining the Made to Inspire podcast. This is the podcast for dreamers, entrepreneurs, and business owners who want to go to that next level in your life with Kimberly Smith Austin and Misty Kerrigan. Each week, we will bring you tips, tools, and tactics that will inspire you to take action. Hey, 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 Kimberly Smith Austin here, and I want to welcome you back to another episode of the Made to Inspire podcast. I am here with my awesome and amazing co-host, Misty Kerrigan. Hey, Misty. Hey, Kimberly. How are you today? Super fantastic. Happy Labor Day. Happy Labor Day. It's a great day. So many people are off work, got a bonus day off and enjoying themselves in this Beautiful weather? Well, it depends <laughs> on where you are. I know we're in Southern California and it is hot as Hades, AKA hell, just in case you didn't know. It is really hot outside, but listen, we are making the most of it. And we're excited to come here today with a show that we think will impact your life. No matter what season you're in, maybe you're an executive, maybe you're an emerging leader or the entrepreneur, we've got something for you. So I'm watching TikTok. And there's this lady, she's pretty funny, um, but her jokes are at five o'clock, she shuts everything down and leaves. If someone calls her on her break, she dismisses it. When she's on vacation, she blocks work calls. And um, she is very much not taking on new. When the boss comes to give her something extra, she says, oh, am I going to get paid extra? If I work for two, am I going to get paid for two? And I'm not going to lie, the first few watchings of them, I was like um, internally bothered. Uh-huh because of the way I was raised and the culture I come from. Sure. But then all this stuff started hitting and they even put a term to it, which is quiet quitting. Yes. Quiet yes. quitting. And the quiet quitting isn't not doing your job. It's doing the bare minimum of your job and not doing anything above that due to your job not taking care of you and the environment. That's an interesting concept. Let me say this last year. No, during COVID, I had a client that I work with, one of the large nonprofits, and I didn't realize it until afterwards, but she kept saying, we've got to get these people to do more. We want them to stay beyond their hours. We want them to be willing to, not necessarily having to every single time, but we want them to be willing to, because like you said, there was a trend. People would work and then they're off. When that clock hits five o'clock, they're out the door. And it's so funny. Yesterday, I was talking to someone and they went to a local ice cream shop. Um, and I won't name the ice cream shop, but they said at five o'clock when the door was, the clock hit, they had four people in line. They told them, sorry, we can't <laughs> serve you. 
And I go, are you kidding me? There's no way you can do that. But today people are doing it. I can't They're even imagine as a, no, thank you for your money. Right? Are we in <laughs> business to make money? Are we in business to, to, to be a slave to the clock? And that's a good question. And I want people to think about that as we go into this topic about quiet quitting. So Misty, let's get it started. What is quiet quitting? So the definition is to put it simply, quiet quitting is about doing the bare minimum at work. It's about doing only what's required of you without actually telling your boss you're leaving. Ironically, you're not leaving, you're still working. Uh, you might mean finishing work time every day, always taking your lunch break or turning down projects that are outside your specs, mm -hmm. AKA your job description. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting, right? Because I know in my time and yours as well, even though we all had that option, but here's the truth. When you're working or building your business, if you only did the bare minimum, how far will you go? And I think many people have discovered in their careers that, wait a minute, the bare minimum, that job description or this you know, entrepreneurial effort, if I only did bare minimum, I'd be stagnant. I'd be right here. So we found that in the marketplace, we had to do a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. But what I think happened is people went a little bit more, a little bit more and more and found themselves exhausted. Well, I and think too, I want to jump on that because you nailed oh, it, is that there is some situations in jobs where the person does more and more and more and another person doesn't. And in pay and hours, there's no difference between the two. Yeah. That once this person found out everything I put in, and that guy doesn't, and we're still getting the same promotional rate. We're still getting the same 2%. We're still getting the thing is like, why am I working so hard when others around me are not? When you, when you stop and you quit looking inside yourself and it becomes, well, he's not doing it. It reminds me of, of kids, not to sound disrespectful, but like um, that whole, it's not fair. And then you start to kind of tumble. And so what we were talking about, we had an amazing conversation before we started recording the podcast, because we do recognize we're from a different time. But we also recognize we've never not wanted to put in for ourselves. Like it's always been about that self-achievement that and as a um, an avid runner, you're always about your own time, not what the guy next to you is doing, but what are you doing and how are you getting better and day by day? How do you get better? And so we wanted to take sort of a controversial sort of look at this from the trend of not expecting you to work extremely hard in a toxic environment. Right. But from the accountability level of you're choosing to stay in that toxic environment and setting yourself up to do the bare minimum. And that's going to impact you and your mindset and you of who you are. We feel. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. My brain, I had like 17 things happening in my brain at the same time. Um, I think that's critical when you think about everything that's going on. So there's a couple sides to this. Number one, We've come to this place in our careers, and I'm speaking mainly to people in the career, but also our entrepreneurs, where we're just doing the bare bone minimum, guys. Quiet quitting applies to the entrepreneur as well. When you're not doing what you need, a little bit extra, a little bit more to get those sales and grow your business. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But thinking about, we have to recognize this is a privilege. There are many who don't have jobs, many who don't have businesses. Many who may be sitting on the side of the road accepting charity because they can't 
and the marketplace doesn't allow. That's a whole nother swing of it, mm -hmm. right? That's a whole nother swing. But I also want to think about the side of it where when you have something given, and you made me think about a scripture, a, a, a parable in the Bible, and I can't remember if it's the 10 talents, but in this part, power, it was so good. So uh, the guy, I don't know if it was Jesus, my brain won't pull it to me, but he hired some people to take a job, right? He said, come do this job. And he paid them a certain rage. Days passed and then he brought some new people on and they he paid them the same wage. At the end, the people who started the days before were upset because the person who came in on the latter part received the same payment. And he said, wait a minute, I never told you I would pay you more. You agreed to this and so did they. Regardless of the fact that they worked 10 hours and you only worked two, you're still going to get the same wage. This is what I negotiated with you at the beginning. And I'm going to find it, but it's such a good parable because it makes us think about, even though John Doe got here and you got this for the same pay, that doesn't mean you do any less. That means you go up, you go in and you do your best. You perform at your best because you made a commitment. You said, yes, finish the job that you started. I'm sorry. I got excited about that. Go ahead. <laughs> No, and I think too is, and the and the opposite argument is, and the culture definitely is. Well, if it's not fair, and my thing is, then leave. Absolutely, absolutely. And if you're not going to renegotiate, if you're not going to do the things, and it was so crazy because I'm watching. Um, and I'm not saying people don't get taken advantage of. There's an amazing documentary on the and one company the end one company that exploded and then crashed. Um, and unfortunately in their explosion and crash, some of the um, people that got burnt were some of the people that helped them get to their highest point, but weren't, um, but were taken advantage of in the sense. And they were having the same argument, almost the same parable. It's chilling. One of the guys says at any point, everyone had the chance to negotiate their contract. Right. right. And the hard part was, is when you think about those big things is, is the intention of the person on the other side of the negotiation not having that, I don't want to say the Christian intention, if you will, of the best interest, but really being like, how can I exceed myself first before others? And so I think it brings on there's in this cop in this conversation, there's so many things that it brings on. And, and we're also having this in, in our area of entrepreneurship. Absolutely. And even in coaching, it's working with individuals because there's entrepreneurs who have quiet quit and the only person it affects is them and their business and their family. Yeah, and really having that conversation though is if you're you become your thought patterns, behaviors, and actions, and patterns. And so if you're doing this in a realm where other someone's paying you, and then you go into a realm where you have to do the work to pay yourself, nothing is different, right. because you're still you in that decision you made to quiet quit or not. And and we're seeing this, and a lot of our coaching does revolve around someone who owns their own business doing the bare minimum, unfortunately. And I'm in getting it in a whole new realm and kind of where we're at is deciding who you're doing business with and how you're doing business. And you don't have to stick to some of the more um, barbaric sort of ways of transition, transaction, 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 when we're shifting into more of a relationship sort of um, economy. And that doesn't mean that the employee is still not responsible um, for looking out for what their best needs are. And the uh, um, owner is not responsible, is still responsible for how do you set those standards for that culture? It's just, 
there's so many different variables that go into it. I think that it's like a, a layer of onions where if you could take out opinion and emotions and just really look at what is the best for all and how do we set that up? Yeah. I think you're going to get a lot more out of the environment and out of the, um, the people that are going to stay with you. Yeah. Facts show, man, if you're not taking care of your employees, sick rate is up, your retention rate is up. Um, and those that take care of their employees and create that culture that employees feel satisfied at work and that their, their input matters, they'll stay longer. They'll do more. They'll pursue more professional opportunities and outside of the company, they'll brand you higher. So there, the studies are out like in the sense of what it is to do. Now it is that gap. What fills that gap? Right. That's good. And, you know, there's so many things inside of what you said. I think about, you know, especially from a corporate perspective, you know, Please. corporate opportunities. When I think about the emerging leader in the corporation or the executive in the corporation, you know, this is an opportunity for you to really look at your workplace, look at where your employees are and look for those opportunities to help them excel. Now I say this, but I also believe there's the other side, the employee to take responsibility and accountability to seek out opportunities of growth. Quiet quitting happens because I believe people are dissatisfied. They're not engaged. And if you're not engaged, that means you're not loving what you do. It's time for you to really think about it. Okay, am I in this department doing what I don't love just to get a paycheck? Mm. And I'll tell you, for me, as a serial entrepreneur walking out of corporate America in 1999, my answer is no. Bye-bye. I'm out of here. But I <laughs> Clearly. And you know what? Here's what I was telling someone the other day. Even in my early career days, first job out of college, got a business degree, operations management, information systems, logistics, all that fun stuff, took a systems analyst job, six months, and I quit. I remember my father go, what? You're quitting? I go, yes, I don't love it. I don't love it. And I had to discover who I was and what I wanted. Went into another industry completely opposite and fell in love with it because it really spoke mm. to me and my heart. So we have to think about this from a business owner. If you own a business and you're doing something just because it'll create income for you, but you don't love it, friends, you need to walk away from it. Yes. Walk away from it because it's not going to serve you. And if you're in the corporate ranks, executive, emerging leader, or even just an employee, walk away from it. Because here's the truth. If you're quietly quitting, you're not serving the organization nor yourself. And the studies have shown that quiet quitting, it's the opposite of the hustle mentality because you're mm. just there relaxing. You're just there taking up the time, waiting for the clock to tick, figuring out how things are working. And you know what? It's not beneficial for anyone. And I know COVID really highlighted this for all of us. When we think about what the pandemic did, so many changes in how people work. You went home. You were, you know, more, more <laughs> home, you weren't moving, you had different ways of operating. It changed everything. And we see now that the attrition rate at companies is really, really high. And it's because people are like, you know what? I don't want to do it. I don't love it. I'm not doing it. And they're looking at, they're just quietly quitting, sitting there. No more folks. It takes you to do something different for yourself. Ooh. It takes you to make the decision to say, I'm not doing this. Don't succumb to mediocrity, right? Don't be ordinary. It's time to get extraordinary because we only have 
one opportunity. Well, I, I we got an opportunity to live life more than once, but one real opportunity. Let's make the most of it. I love that. I want to add, um, Gary, Gary V had said something amazing. He said, culture is not putting a ping pong table in your um, office. Culture is knowing what each and every one of the people that work for you want mm. and getting to know them and knowing because those wants changes. Is it more money? Is it more time? Is it recognition? But being able to set that up sort of like a, um, the leader's ability. And he said something amazing too. Someone raised their hand one time and they're like, how do I get more out of my employees? And Gary said, you don't. It's not their company. Um, you, if you own the company, that's your company and that's your baby and that's your passion. And that's the things that you do. If you want more to someone, you have to connect their connections to it and what that means for them. Absolutely. And I really believe in the sense, which is so funny. And I do this psychologically, right? Is right now we're wondering why this generation is shifting and quiet quitting and doing all these. It's because of you, your why here's why. Because your kids stay at home when they're little and they wait for you to come home because they love you and they want time with you. You come home tired and pissy and then you bitch all day about work and then your kid gets in their head. Oh, mom and dad have to be at work to get me the things I need, but they hate it because a lot of times in that generation, people didn't love what they do. They just came home and bitched about their work. So now you have this young, impressionable kid thinking that's taking away my parents from me. And when they come home, they're bitchy and they don't like spending time because they're tired. Uh, that's not going to happen to me when I grow up. So as that generation gets older and starts connecting into, I'm not spending all my time at work at something I hate to come mm -hmm. home and not connect with my family. And they're just young enough. They're hitting what these 18 through 24. And I want you to think what was going on 10, 15 years ago, 08, right? So now we have this generation that had, they were barely being born when 9-11 um, hit. Columbine had already happened. So now schools weren't so much of a safety zone. So all these different safe places aren't that safe anymore for them to have their neurological things and safety grow. And then they're cut in this mist of the 08 when they're at that age, right? Where parents are getting fired. Parents are like, oh, it was a hard time for some people. But it's amazing now to see it's like, how come they don't want to work hard? Because they come from the time of watching you work hard and getting fired in a second. So they're not going to have the same work passion. Why? Because when you were growing up, you had the raw the wars, right? Your parents like work hard, we're America and we come together and we work as a community and we're going to get through this. And the, the lady with her fist, right? Like women unite and they started to work. So as each generation forces themselves out of the last shadow, you're going to see something entirely new. Our generation was crazy because women wanted to work. Yeah. We were like, you guys should be home and you have a place in the home and you have the thing. And I come from a childhood where I was like, when we play house, I would grab a briefcase. I'm like, deuces, I don't want to raise children and be home and cook. Like I'm going to be at the office, yeah. which at that way, when I was just that age, it wasn't a weird thing, but it still wasn't a norm. So I love this quiet quitting comes from you not hating, you not having your passion in what you do coming home and your kids realizing that's not going to be me because that's what kids say to themselves. That's not going to be me. That's good. And now they're adults. And now we're wondering how to get them to love their jobs more. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I love that. And I want to share some information I pulled from the Gallup poll. And I recently uh, reached out to some of my corporate clients and Misty and I, as we get out into the space and really helping employers, uh, companies, organizations, whether you're a, a business owner, an employee, and you're recognizing the need to make some shifts, right? The key thing, I think the real fix is simply with leaders, starting with the leadership in the organization and recognizing that they need to listen, 
They need to coach and they need to collaborate because you said it, Misty, when you think about the fact that people, and I've always believed that people, we evolve, our lives evolve, we grow, we are in different season in our lives. And as a result of that, the workplace needs to be able to ebb and flow with us. Mm. Now that's crazy. That's a crazy idea because the workplace is the place or the business, if you're a business owner, is the place where you set the tone, but not anymore, friends. This marketplace that we're in today, it's not about you setting the tone. It's about setting the tone with your people together, collaborating, creating solutions so that people love what they do and they no longer quite quit on you, but they work and go to the max, to the next level. So I think about that as, as one of the key things, but I also think about the well-being. And this is one I love, the workplace wellness. I was reading an article that says, <laughs> traditionally people like the company, your, your life existed at the company and that's what you did. Your wellness existed outside of the company. We can't do that anymore. It has to be one. We need to look at the whole person. So think mm. about you as an entrepreneur, as an executive, as a emerging leader, it's about the whole person. And you find better balance when we look at that whole person, no longer just this minus this, which is why we love bringing them all together. The mental, the physical, the emotional, to uh. help you better perform in whatever season and stage of your life. Mm. Right? I like on that. I know, right? And, and that's the part that I was like, yes. This is the time, this is the season where we got to make a shift in our mindset in, a, in order for us to be able to better perform. We're not quitting. We're going to step and level up every aspect of our life, but we got to look at the whole person, not this plus this, but this. these things multiply when we put them all together. You have more value and worth than to quite put on yourself. That's right. And it's a choice. Wouldn't you agree, Misty? This quiet quitting is a choice. So we're going to give you three action items, three things that you can do to help you during this season, during this phase, during this whole concept of quiet quitting. And I know the first one we said was, what is it? <laughs> You've nailed it. And I love it is if you're passionate about something, if you're on fire about something, then you're not going to want to quit. Yes. Um, we all let you get to number two, but number two will help you kind of see, you're like, well, what about this? And what about your wellness? We're going to get that to number two. Number one is your wellness is not going to go anywhere unless you're doing something you're passionate about. Absolutely. You have, to, go ahead. you have a day job and you're getting that day job to fund and see where your passion is. That's awesome. That doesn't mean quite quit on your day job. And I, I think Kimberly, you kind of nailed it when you said is you're working on you. What are the skills in that day job they're going to build that? that passion or that after area, or, you know, like there's a lot of entrepreneurs who are building their business on the side first. Yeah. And so entrepreneurs doing that the business, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, no, you're entrepreneurs doing business, but there's also, um, entrepreneurs in a company who want certain things like the freedom and the ability to be creative. Mm -hmm. And there's opportunities everywhere you look. So That's it doesn't mean you have to quit your company. Maybe you're in the wrong department or you're in the wrong, um, division. That's but right. it really is, is take a look at why are you wanting this and what can you do about it besides just the, the bare minimum? You know, that brings me to a time in my life where I work with one of the largest financial services companies in the world. And I was there for 10 years, 12 years. I can't remember. 
but I worked in five different departments during that time. And, you know, back then they thought I was crazy. Yes. Every it's time it was promotion, promotion, but it was also variety of skill set and gifts using something I had as a baseline shifting around so that I fell in love and stayed in love the entire time. So to that, you've got to find what you love, guys. If you love the company or if you love your organization and business you've developed, and maybe there's something in it that you're not really like, mm, I don't love this part. Go and do some research and find out what part you do love. And there, build the plan to go and go run, run like a, a hamster on the hamster wheel, not running in a circle, but really so you can get that momentum going in that business or in that job or for your employees. But it's all about finding that thing that you love and then tapping in. Now I'm going to make the argument and then you come back with number two, but here's the argument, right? Why should you put everything you are and have into someone's environment who's not reciprocating you in pay and time and, and helping you and you're just going to get burnt out and be um, worthless anyway? What do we do to that? That's a great comment. But when you say burnout, burnout is relative because when you love what you do, you never get burned out, right? You never... I, I know as an entrepreneur, I could work 29 hours a day. <laughs> Look in my eyes. I might be twitching in the process because they're not 29 hours in the day, but I don't get burned out because I'm excited and passionate about it. Number one. Number two, to that same point, compensation, that's a number they've determined for you, whether you are the employee or the entrepreneur. That's a number you've set everything. And I say this again, everything is negotiable. My clients don't decide my value. I decide my value and I set my prices accordingly. Your employer does not decide your value. And if they don't like the value that you bring to the table, we talked about that. It's a step in. <laughs> Which is huge. That takes us right into number two. Just because you're going to be passionate about something and you're going to have your internal morals and values to work hard for yourself does not mean you don't have boundaries. boundaries. Yes. Take this one. I love this because I think you nailed this one in that sort of sense of we're not saying workaholics don't shouldn't set some parameters, but what are we saying with boundaries? Yeah. You know, I, I want to say something. I have some people that go hard. When I say go hard, they go hard. They do their work. They don't engage on their phone. They're not on social media. They are giving that company the very best. And even entrepreneurs who have set some boundaries and said, you know what? I don't do this before this time. This is my meeting time. For example, me, I don't take meetings before 10 o'clock. Not happening because I have my protected time, which I'm sure if you've listened to previous shows, you know that I set boundaries because boundaries give us balance. Boundaries help us really bound up in life or rebound in life, depending on where we are. Without them, we're at everyone's mercy. We're at everyone's, just, we're just here. We're flangling away and we don't have a real set foundation to build on. Whether you're building as an entrepreneur, an employee or executive, boundaries are everything. Would you agree, Misty? Oh my God. You should have set boundaries. And I think we nailed it when we were kind of clearing up our stance on this situation was boundaries means you are not doing the bare minimum of anything you do because you're choosing to, but it also means you're not being taken advantages to the point where that's also self-destructing you. 
but it's that. What is your your line thing? I know you're excited too, but the difference between that. What was your um the opposite of a thin line? Oh, a fine line and a thin line, right? A thin line is so thin it can be broken. A fine line says it's clear in the sand. You know exactly where you can go up or go down. And I think that's how we have to distinguish the fine line. This is my boundary versus the thin line. You can go over it, break it, do whatever you want. You know, the whole concept thin line between love and hate because it is so thin. But when you set that fine line in the sand and keep in mind, I, I want to go back and hit this because I, when you kept saying the word abuse and misuse, guys, that's relative. It's a mindset thing as well. We know some companies will ask you to do more than quote unquote expected. But here's the truth. Again, you have opportunities to negotiate. I remember I have a, a assistant that will say to me, okay, you gave me 12 things. What's the priority? To me, that's setting boundaries and saying, listen, I can't do all this. Yes, you want all of this, but I can't do all of this. That's what we have to do in our lives. We have to be clear and concise and recognizing that people will do only what you allow them to do to you. Hmm. So you have the power. I really believe that. Now, we have to sometimes also learn to manage up. If you feel like you're in a workplace and your <laughs> managers or your leaders or your, your boss isn't giving you what you need or giving you too much or tr treating you unfairly, learn to manage up. That may be another show, Misty, managing up. And, and that doesn't necessarily create negative energy, but instead it helps the other person to see on the other side. And then you come to an even place. It's a beautiful thing. That's another tool for setting boundaries, managing up. I love that. I think part of that um, boundaries is self-efficacy, which is the belief in yourself. If you don't value and believe in yourself, then it's really sets the tone for others to take advantage of that. But if you have that belief in yourself that I'm not scared, I'm going to lose my job because I know I'm going to go find five more. Yes. I understand my value. And I'm going to have critical conversations because if my boss and my thinking sees my value, they're going to want me to be there because of what I, what is I'm bringing. And I think that starts to separate people. That's so okay. we have passion in what you do. And also we have setting boundaries, not the bare minimum of boundaries, but the bare minimum in the sense of you're not just half-assing anything you do because of who you are, but you are setting parameters into what it is, how and what you do. That's good. And I just want to add to that for the entrepreneur, you too, my friend can have boundaries. And I mentioned earlier the difference between the hustle mm. mentality and the quick culture. And as the entrepreneur, we really have to think about it's okay to set boundaries as well. You know, when I say that, you can shut off that computer at five o'clock. You can set standards on, I don't take meetings at a certain time. What I find is that so many entrepreneurs have no boundaries and they're working <laughs> 37 hours a day instead of the 20. And we talked about this in a previous show. You are creating a job for yourself. And that's a journey over broke, mm. right? If you want real success and you want a life where you're working on your business and not always in it, you have to establish boundaries, which leads us to number three, which is all about engagement. Misty, tell us about this whole engagement concept. I love this um, as a, a leader, a transformational leader. I think it really is up to the organization and leader to set the culture and have that culture of engagement. 
Um, I truly believe if you take care of your employees, they will take care of the rest. So as a leader, I always find that my thing is engaging my employees into that. And that might be looking at, um, especially working at a nonprofit for so long and leading at the nonprofit, it doesn't pay enough for families to like, oh, I'm going to work at this nonprofit and retire usually isn't the case. So looking at, well, engaging them into what skills do you think you need? Are you going to go back to school? There's a lot of things that we do in our culture at Oak Grove, which is allow people to go back to school and rearrange their schedule to meet their school schedule, myself included, so that it's not overwhelming, but you're always increasing your personal growth. The other way to engage employees is trainings, personal develop trainings, fitness trainings, um, mindset trainings. And there's even some amazing cultures out there that bring in coaches and professionals. And they've now learned the more physically fit my employees are, the more productive they are. And um, we've worked with companies that during the middle of the day, there's yoga, there's um, walks, there's breathing. And what these companies are finding is productivity is skyrocketing. So you do not have to um, invest in lots and lots of money because really these companies that are doing sort of things, it really just is that um, coming in with a coach, showing them how to do it. And then that organic sort of in-house effect where someone passionate about it is just taking the time, setting aside 15, 20, 15, 30 minutes a day. But the crazy part is you think about it is some people stop after lunch. We see productivity as I'm going to eat lunch. I'm going to talk to Sally. I'm going to get water. I'm going to do this. And then you're losing productivity. But these companies that are putting in something physical or something emotional or mental after lunch, productivity is shooting up. And yeah, you might looking at, well, let's take an extra 30 minutes. But if that extra 30 minutes is gaining four more hours of production instead of two and a half or one on some scary stuff is why would you not? I think that becomes a question. Why would you not put these things in during the day? to not only engage your employees and encourage them, but in the bottom line, it, it impacts your bottom line because productivity is shooting up. Yes, you, you're speaking my language. You're speaking <laughs> my language. Touch you the ball. I know this. You're right. <laughs> you know, and that's why I love what I do from the wellness perspective and mm-hmm. going into corporate wellness and teaching companies that this matters. I mentioned the Gallup polls 2022 piece was everything because it talked about managers, leaders, executives. It's all about the well-being of the overall whole person. So when you think about quiet quitting, I want you to think about how do I get engaged as a person, as an employee, an executive, an entrepreneur? How do I personally get myself engaged so that I give 125% of myself? Now, I know that's contradictory to what the marketplace (laughs) is saying, but you give it all while you're there. And that's not quitting. That's not doing anything less. You were paid for that. There was compensation that came with that. And I believe that when you do that, you show up 100%. And as a result of showing up, you're going to go up. But you have to go in with that heart and that mind that I'm not just going to do the bare bone minimum. I want to make an impact in my business. I want to make an impact as a leader. I want to make an impact as an executive. And in order to do that, we've got to look at the whole person, the whole process and recognize with, with, uh, excuse me, with a passion, with boundaries and full engagement, we can make it happen. So we're excited. And just as a, as a selfish plug, a lot of the things that we talked about, we go inside of corporations and we can help you make the shifts that you need in your organization. So with that, as we say every single week, there's something out there waiting for you. 
Now, don't just quiet quit. Go out and go get it. Thank you for listening to the Made to Inspire podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this episode and have picked up some tips, tools, and tactics that will help you move into action. Make sure you follow us on social media. We are made the number two, the letter N, Spire You. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube. We're out there. But best of all, we ask that you leave us a review. Let us know what you thought. Let us know how you're going to use the information that we're sharing week after week to help you take your inspiration into action. We appreciate you and we look forward to seeing you on our next episode.